suspect now in custody after the attack on an Israeli embassy staffer in Beijing. But Chinese authorities are staying tight-lipped. Beijing taking issue with Israel's self-defense efforts, while Washington expresses a different view. When they say that it's gone too far, it gives the license to Iran to, uh, to also join the fight. Taliban leaders headed to China this week for a forum focused on Beijing's top infrastructure project. Also attending 130 nations from around the globe. And Russian President Putin and Chinese leader Xi Jinping are preparing for a face-to-face -face meeting. What will the two No Limits partners discuss? Welcome to China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Two diverging views on Israel's self-defense. China's foreign minister saying Israel has gone too far. While the U.S. repeats that it has Israel's back. Let's take a closer look. The U.S. is sending another carrier strike group to the Middle East as the Israel-Hamas war rages. That's as Israel wastes a ground invasion of Gaza. The U.S. has made it clear that the warships are not there to join the fight, but says their presence would send a deterrent message to Iran and its proxies in the region. China's Foreign Minister Wang Yi said on Sunday that Israel has gone too far, accusing its actions of going beyond self-defense. The U.S. is voicing a different view. Israel has the right, indeed it has the obligation, to defend itself against these attacks from Hamas and to try to do what it can to make sure that this never happens again. Here's an expert's take on China's remark. Because this is part of China's overall plan. And when I say China, I mean the Chinese Communist Party. It's really to wrap the United States into four separate wars where we're spread too thin to defend ourselves. And those four separate wars are also plus a terrorist organization or uh, you know, several terrorist, terrorist organizations. So when they say that it's gone too far, it gives the license to Iran to, uh, to also join the fight and to make this a much bigger issue than, than it should be on, on, on the face of it. Israel has ordered over one million in northern Gaza to evacuate to the south, warning there could be significant ground operations. Worth noting, Israel regularly warns civilians ahead of its attacks on Hamas's weapon storage areas, giving residents time to evacuate. Hamas launched its unprecedented strike on Israel last Saturday. The terrorist group that controls Palestine fired thousands of rockets at Israel. Gunmen also streamed across Israel's border, killing over 1,400 people and taking almost 200 hostages. Israel vowed to wipe out the terrorist organization pounding the Gaza Strip with airstrikes. It also cut off electricity, food, fuel and water around Gaza until Hamas releases Israeli hostages. According to America's top diplomat Antony Blinken, the border crossing between Egypt and Gaza will reopen so humanitarian aid can reach Palestinians. Want out of a war zone? Chinese citizens in dangerous areas right now might be on their own. As bloodshed continues amid the Israel-Hamas conflict, China has yet to announce any plans to bring its citizens back home. That says several countries, including the U.S., have already started pulling their own citizens out of the country. Instead, the regime is asking its diaspora to pay for their own flights. Chinese students stranded in Israel are demanding answers from the Chinese 
Chinese embassy. In one social media group chat, students are inquiring about whether there's an evacuation arrangement in place. They also asked if the ambassador to Israel would openly condemn Hamas and support Jerusalem. But an embassy staff member responded with a warning, advising people not to chat casually or send irrelevant information to the group chat. According to Beijing's foreign ministry, four Chinese nationals have been killed in the conflict so far, with six injured and two missing. Beijing police have a suspect in custody after the stabbing of an Israeli embassy staffer last Friday. Chinese authorities say the man engages in small commodities business in Beijing. They did not give further details or provide the suspect's nationality. We want to warn you that the following footage is graphic and includes video of the stabbing. The incident happened on the street in Beijing's Taoyang district. Videos circulating online showed two men wrestling. The white-shirted attacker using a knife to repeatedly jab the victim in the shoulder and chest after he fell to the ground. The attacker limped away afterward. A second clip, seemingly captured after the attack, suggests more details. Locals crowded behind a policeman, with one of them pointing to the victim and saying he's from the Israel embassy, adding that he believes the assailant was Middle Eastern. The Israeli embassy said the victim was in stable condition after being treated at a hospital. The stabbing happened on October 13th, the seventh day of the Israel-Hamas war. That day, the Hamas terrorist group urged Palestinians to rise up for a so-called day of rage to demonstrate, mobilize and clash with Israeli troops in the occupied West Bank. Israel has sharply criticized the Chinese regime for its ambiguous stance on the violent war. The U.S. Embassy in Beijing has issued an alert warning Americans in China to stay vigilant and be mindful of their safety. Two No Limits partners are getting back together. Russian President Vladimir Putin will meet Chinese leader Xi Jinping this week in Beijing. He's making the trip as a guest of honor at the Belt and Road Forum starting Tuesday. We just see a desire for cooperation. The event marks the 10th anniversary of China's Belt and Road Initiative, an ambitious project aimed at expanding Beijing's global influence. Earlier, Russia's foreign ministers said the two leaders would discuss various topics in a bid to deepen ties. Here's what to watch out for at the meeting. For China, Russia is a major source of oil and gas. According to Reuters, Russian energy giants are planning to join Putin on his trip to China. China has chosen not to condemn Russia's war against Ukraine, while the U.S. has warned China not to send weapons to Moscow. Russia is the world's biggest nuclear power and is also a rich source of technology. Russian aviation plus rocket and submarine technology have been shared over recent decades with China. Trade between Russia and China soared 30 percent in the first half of this year. Russia is now China's second largest trade partner outside Asia, second only to the U.S. Last February, Russia and China announced a so-called no-limits partnership just before Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine. The week's meeting also comes under the shadow of not one but two conflicts, the ongoing Ukraine war and the Israel-Hamas war. Both Moscow and Beijing criticized Israel's actions following the launch of last week's attack by the terrorist group. 
This week's Belt and Road Initiative Forum will kick off under a darkening economic outlook for China. It marks the third forum for the major Chinese infrastructure project. Leaders from the Taliban, Russia and Pakistan will appear at the summit, along with over 130 total countries. The Taliban is looking to convince Beijing to build a road connecting China and northern Afghanistan. Worth noting, no government has officially acknowledged the Taliban since it replaced the Afghanistan government two years ago. China is picking up all of the heavily sanctioned countries, North Korea, Iran, Afghanistan. Uh, China is the only one reaching out to them. China is the first country to appoint an ambassador to Kabul since the Taliban took power and has increased business cooperation with Afghanistan. China's expanding presence in the country has sparked concerns in the West. From Afghanistan, from the botched U.S. withdrawal in Afghanistan, the Taliban obviously hoovered up all of the American weaponry. Afghanistan is completely dependent on China economically. And at the same time, then China is able to spin that and say, oh, look, the U.S. bombed Afghanistan. But we, China, we love Afghanistan. Moscow confirmed President Vladimir Putin would join the Belt and Road Summit. That's despite the international warrants for his arrest due to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Back to China's Belt and Road, the project has also faced backlash from the West, with experts calling it a debt trap for the developing countries that have signed on. The West also accuses Beijing of a lack of transparency. Only one EU leader is set to attend the summit, Hungary's prime minister. At the same time, Italy is looking to opt out of the scheme. It's the only G7 country to have inked a Belt and Road deal with Beijing. A single sentence describing an order of Chinese-made airplanes sold to Nepal. More trouble than they are worth. According to media, the message comes from top Nepalese officials. Of the six planes Nepal bought from China, one has crashed and five are grounded. Now the over $50 million aircraft are up for sale for a mere $1.65 million, a near 97% discount. New rules to block even more chip exports to China. The U.S. is working to further restrict Beijing's access to advanced semiconductors and chip-making equipment, which it could use to help develop AI. The latest crackdown aims to close loopholes in last year's curbs. Here's more. AI chipmaker NVIDIA is one of the year's hot stocks, but it's also on the front lines of U.S.-China tensions. Restrictions imposed by Washington last year prevented the firm from exporting cutting-edge AI semiconductors to China. But NVIDIA soon found a workaround, developing a slightly less sophisticated chip, dubbed H800, which got around the US controls. Now Washington is planning to close such loopholes, with an update expected this week. It will block shipments of some AI chips that fall just under current parameters and require reports on the export of others. The U.S. Department of Commerce declined to comment on the report. NVIDIA's H800 is among likely targets. The firm didn't respond to a request for comment. Chips meant for consumer products like laptops are expected to be exempt from the new curbs. But the official says makers will have to file reports when they fill orders for the most powerful consumer-grade semiconductors. That's to make sure they are not being used in ways that harm U.S. national security. Washington says all the restrictions are meant to stop U.S. chips being used to strengthen China's military. Beijing says they are really designed to suppress Chinese companies. 
It's been a year since one man stood up against the authoritarian rule of the Chinese Communist Party and its leader, Xi Jinping. Peng Lifa, known as the Bridge Man, has now been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Let's zoom in. House China Committee Chairman Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin made the nomination. He called the event a story of courage and cowardice. On October 13th last year, Mr. Peng strung up banners on Sitong Bridge over Beijing's bustling Third Ring Road. This was during the communist regime's three-year draconian COVID-19 lockdowns. The banners read, We don't want COVID tests. We want food. We don't want cultural revolution. We want reform. We don't want lockdowns. We want freedom. We don't want an autocrat. We want votes. We don't want lies. We want dignity. We are citizens, not slaves. The video of Mr. Peng's one-man protest went viral. It ignited protests across China, leading to the CCP eventually abandoning the lockdowns and restrictions in December 2022. Over the weekend, many overseas Chinese in cities worldwide held rallies in front of Chinese consulates, shouting slogans against the CCP's authoritarian rule and calling for the release of Mr. Peng. His whereabouts are still unknown since his arrest a year ago. Falun Gong practitioners in Philadelphia held a rally over the weekend, honoring the more than 400 million Chinese that have quit the Chinese Communist Party and its affiliated organizations. Several local officials attended the rally. Entities Costa Menes has more on the event. Local Falun Gong practitioners gathered in Chinatown on Sunday. The rally, which offered congratulations to the 420 million Chinese who have quit the Chinese Communist Party and its youth groups, received much of the public's support. Oh, it's wonderful. It's very noble thing you're doing. I love the Chinese people, the Chinese American, and the Chinese people are such a, a, a humble, good people. And this is very noble what you're doing. The peaceful Tuidang or quit the party movement was inspired inspired by a series of articles, including the nine commentaries on the Communist Party, published by the Epoch Times in November 2004, which exposes the crimes of the CCP. The movement has allowed Chinese people around the globe to break free from the regime's statewide propaganda machine, as well as nearly 75 years of brutal oppression that has deprived the Chinese people of their spiritual heritage and basic human rights. The CCP has killed an estimated 80 million Chinese through multiple campaigns, such as the Great Leap Forward, the Cultural Revolution and the Tiananmen Square Massacre, as well as the ongoing persecutions of Christians, Uyghurs, Tibetans and Falun Gong practitioners. Falun Gong, also known as Falun Dafa, is a peaceful spiritual practice based on the universal principles of truth, compassion and forbearance. Practitioners have suffered persecution since the practice was banned by former CCP leader Jiang Zemin in 1999. The persecution is ongoing and includes forced organ harvesting. I can't believe this is going on. This is such an evil world. It's, it's heartbreaking. This is very heartbreaking that human beings are treated like this. But it's good to know that people are standing up and still fighting fearlessly. You have to be fearless. The rally was also attended by a Pennsylvania state senator, 
who gave a short speech. Organ harvesting shouldn't be happening any place in the world. Um, uh, live, no living person should be killed in order to uh, for their organs, and so certainly. Uh, to the extent that's happening, that's terrible. Um, and to the extent the Chinese government isn't stopping it, it should. Pennsylvania State Representative Mary Isaacson issued a citation, which highlights growing awareness of the CCP's imminent threat to the world and brings attention to the importance of stopping the tyranny of communist China and ending the CCP's global threat. Rallies were also held in other parts of the country, including Brooklyn, New York. Cost MNS, NTD News. Coming up, a mass exodus in the Gaza Strip. As Israeli troops gear up for a ground invasion, more than a million Gaza residents are now under evacuation orders. In the midst of violence and bloodshed, China said Israel, not the Hamas terrorist group, has gone too far. Where is China siding in the conflict? Plus, Congress is promising more funds and military aid to Israel, while the Pentagon scrapes the bottom of the barrel. Could Washington handle another war if the communist regime decides to invade Taiwan? Joining us to discuss is Casey Fleming, the CEO of business warfare and counterintelligence company Black Ops Partners. We're on that after the break, here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. More than a week after the Hamas terrorists group launched an assault on Israel, China is blaming the country for what it described as going too far. What's driving the regime's response? And how could the conflict tie into Washington's policy toward China? We sat down with Casey Fleming, the CEO of business warfare and counterintelligence company Black Ops Partners, to discuss. Casey Fleming, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a week since the surprise attack by Hamas in Israel. Now, countries are coming out with statements. China is saying that Israel has gone too far in its response. It's not just self-defense now. What do you make of that? Why is China saying that? Because this is part of China's overall plan. And when I say China, I mean the Chinese Communist Party. It's really to wrap the United States into four separate wars where we're spread too thin to defend ourselves. And those four separate wars are also plus a terrorist organization or uh, you know, several terrorist, terrorist organizations. So when they say that it's gone too far, it gives the license to Iran to, uh, to also join the fight. What can we expect the other wars to be? Potentially uh, North Korea going into South Korea, uh, China going into Taiwan, and, and then again, remember, and then the terrorist organizations coming across our border or operating from sleeper cells inside the United States, as they did in 9-11. And in the case of what we're seeing unfolding in Israel right now, how does this relate to that? We get caught up in the local picture and we look at it and say, well, that's really doesn't affect us because this is the Middle East, this is Israel and it's Gaza and it's Hamas. You have to understand that this does affect every American and every person in the free world. This is the much bigger picture is the design by the Chinese Communist Party in partnership with Russia, Iran, North Korea, Pakistan and, uh, and the terrorist organizations. So it's a much bigger picture. And on that note, with all the countries you just laid out, are we seeing a reordering of world powers? 
100%. The most famous CEO today is Jamie Dimon with JP Morgan Chase. And he said, uh, this is the most uh, unsettling and unstable times, I'm paraphrasing it, uh, of current period. And everybody needs to understand that risk is, has a different profile. In fact, the risk that we have been uh, uh, helping our clients with used to be the, the mundane risks, you know, three, four, five years ago. Today, now, it's global risk. It's the risk of war, and it's the risk of uh, kinetic world war. And Casey, you mentioned how the U.S. needs to wake up. So what can the U.S. do now to mitigate or try to reverse some of these risks? Uh, really taking a look at the, the intelligence and the counterintelligence and, uh, and, and, and putting together a war plan. This is war. This is, what, this is the hot war. We have failed to address the unrestricted warfare that's been there. So one thing is decouple from China and Hong Kong and the, the Chinese uh, protectorates, which is Macau and the rest of them, uh, eliminate uh, investment in any of those uh, locations, uh, have any type of foreign influence regarded as a federal offense on the level of treason. If you're assisting our enemy, and I call the CCP our enemy is because they call us their enemy to their young, to their elderly pop population and for years they've been preaching that the United States is their true enemy and must be defeated. And we we're the only thing standing in the way of communism. And, and so it has to be eliminated. We have to be eliminated. So those things, um, we've got policies that have to be put in place. Our Congress has to start acting as one, not just not just Democrats and Republicans, but one Congress that are all united against the same the same front. And that goes with all of our uh, free world nations as well, Canada, Australia, UK, Germany, France, and the rest of them. So this is World War III, what it looks like. I hate to sound this way. For the average Joe who wants more information, is there any place they can get that from your company? Sure. We post articles on our LinkedIn company page. So go to LinkedIn, go to Black Ops partners. And we post uh, several articles each day on this specific subject. It's unrestricted warfare, it's hot war, and it's those global things that are shaping our world. Casey Fleming, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. That's all for today's China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocusntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.